Welcome to The Green Rush, a podcast about the business of cannabis. On a weekly basis, hosts Ann Donahoe and Louis Goldberg talk with the CEOs, politicians, and cultural icons driving the cannabis industry forward. This is episode 33, where Ann, Lewis, and special guest co-host Phil channel their inner Chuck Todd and hold a roundtable discussion talking about the latest news and trends in the industry. They talk about Canada, Illinois' decision to allow doctors to prescribe medical marijuana to combat the state's opioid crisis, Massachusetts going adult use this summer, and everyone's favorite topic, Donald Trump. It's a fun time. Hope you enjoy. Now, let's get into it. So, you know, the funny thing about doing a podcast where we talk with leaders in the cannabis space is, well, sometimes they get busy. And that's what happened today. Our guests couldn't make it, so you are stuck with us. Today it will be me, Ann, and Phil Carlson. And for those of you who don't know Phil, he is a managing director here at KCSA on our IR side of the business um, and has become a true expert um, in the intersection of cannabis and the capital markets. So we're going to just be talking amongst ourselves about what we think are some of the biggest stories or trends going on in cannabis this week. So sit back relax and wait screw that lean forward and i hope you are like me and you talk back to the podcasts as you listen to them the same way that well you know what i mean so um whatever so we all know lewis sounds like a crazy man when he is walking down to the train station you want to know the funny thing it happened to me two weeks ago i was walking from here to penn station and i was listening actually to marijuana today and they were saying something and it was cracking me up and some dude looked at me and gave me a high five because i was laughing on the streets of new york so uh you are you are totally right and okay so we're going to be a bit like a sunday morning uh talk show um topic number one uh <laughs> <laughs> do the john mclaughlin, do the McLaughlin. wrong Issue number one. Issue number one. The U.S. Centers of Disease Control estimates that a drug overdose, uh, uh, that the U.S. the U.S. Centers for Disease Control truly do enter, uh, estimate that drug overdoses are now responsible for at least 66,000 deaths annually, and these are opioid-related disease uh, deaths, um, and that is uh, among the leading causes of death for all Americans under the age of 50. Illinois is trying something different to address this. Um, in that state their lawmakers have come up with a relatively unusual solution to combat the opioid crisis, which is allowing doctors to prescribe medical cannabis instead of opiates as a way to curb the growing epidemic in that state. Um, Doctors could choose to temporarily prescribe marijuana for patients who suffer from conditions usually treated with heavy-duty painkillers. The plan, which is on the governor's desk, is to um, uh, address the growing opioid crisis in that state. So, um, do you think this is something that's going to be coming more broadly? Is this a, a thing that is a one-off? Is this a, a gimmick? What do you guys think? It's going to be more broad. I think more states are coming online with this. New York State just said the same thing. Uh, I was reading that in the Buffalo News um, earlier in the week. Um, but, you know, you're seeing this globally, especially, um, you know, in Germany, there's, what, 82, 80 million residents in mm-hmm. Germany alone. and. That's cannabis is actually part of their insurance program over there. So it's 
imagine if that happens here in, in, in the U.S. Someday, maybe, but, uh, you know, we'll see. I think our neighbors to the, to the north will show us how it's done first, and then... Could you imagine U.S. insurance policies um, reimbursing for cannabis? Well, going to CVS and uh, getting your prescription? Yeah. Uh, do we go- know if, if this is for for smokable forms, or do we know if it's just for edibles or pills or tinctures? I'm not. I'm not, not sure really about sure about what the, the the laws are in the Illinois market, but it, w- it would be whatever it is. I, I'm pretty sure Illinois allows for flour, but we'll look into. I'll, you know, we'll we'll have a link in the show notes to the actual Illinois state regs. Um, so I I I, I, I think the, the bigger issue, and Phil, you touched on it, is the the integration into health plans. You know, if it is on a state by state basis that um, you are allowed to use, or you are allowed to be prescribed medical cannabis, and insurance companies are regulated at the state basis, I think state insurance commissioners could mandate that medicinal cannabis is reimbursed for. Well, wouldn't you also think about the cost savings too? I have to imagine that covering for medical cannabis in lieu of, or in tandem with, an opioid regimen that gets tapered off has to be cheaper than some stints in rehab, which can cost tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of dollars, um, not to mention someone's life. I, so I would have to imagine that the numbers game would would play out in favor of this. Tell that um, to the pharmaceutical companies making right. millions yeah. of dollars off this. You look stuff. at companies like Cardinal, where you know it's the opioids are a huge component of their their mm-hmm. um, their income on a and on a quarterly basis, and now they're putting cannabis in their risk factors. So it's pretty amazing yeah. that you know you see companies, you know, across the board, public companies like. Um, well, Johnson & Johnson yeah. is now, they, they've invested into, um, what is it, Avicana up in up in Canada is now using their J-Labs uh, facility outside of Toronto to do research on cannabis, uh, cannabis drugs to help, yeah. to see if it can help mitigate pain and things of that nature. So, you know, you have some of the bigger guys that are coming in into this space that are, uh, that see the opportunity and see the, uh, the, the yeah see you know the, the long term potential here. Yeah, well the disruption is amazing. You know, Vivian yeah. Azer, um over at Cowan it regularly talks about the alcohol companies that she covers and how they are either getting into the space like Constellation did or they are you know shitting their pants over the, their loss of income. You look at the in Colorado. Well, they're listing it or, in their risk factors too. Yeah, they are. They're listening in their their risk factors in their quarterly earnings announcements. So, um, you know, cannabis is really disrupting so many industries. Um, It's it's unbelievable. Um, Sticking with Constellation Brands, who, if you guys don't know who they are, I mean, I know you guys know who they are, but to our to our handful of listeners, actually, it's growing (laughs) because of Shay and and the marijuana today family, but um, Corona is the maker, I'm sorry, Constellation is the maker of, of Corona, Modelo beers. I love Negro Modelo, by the way. Yeah, wines, hard liquor, spirits. Um, and back in October, they invested hundreds of millions of dollars into cannabis growth, which is now arguably the largest cannabis company in the world, them or Aurora. Um, and today, and we are recording on uh, June 22nd, it was announced that Constellation is basically doubling down on their bet with Canopy and taking over 
taking down one third of a $100 million debt financing. What do you guys think this means more broadly for the, both public companies and for, for the alcohol industry? Well, all right, I'll tell you. So <laughs> this is a bit of a bombshell because I, you and I have not talked about this at all today, and I just read it two minutes before I came into your office. Molson Coors Brewing Company has been engaged in discussions with several Canadian-based cannabis companies to invest in them and collaborate on future cannabis-infused beverage in a move aimed at stemming the brewer's declining beer sales. This is from multiple sources familiar with the matter of told BNN Bloomberg. Wow. That came out two minutes before. I think it's more of a hedge, right? More, more than a hedge, rather. This is a real, real revenue potentially revenue generating business, right? So it's not just, you know, Constellation taking in 10%, um, you know, uh, to hedge their bet here, but they're really looking at this as a, a viable business, right? Yeah, well, yes. It, well, and also hedge, you're right there, Ann, because Vivian Azir Cowan had reported back in April that uh, Molson's market share had, was 33% of the Canadian beer market in 2017, down from 40.5% in 2008. So I have a different take on this um, because a month or so ago, Aurora announced the purchase of MedRelief. And we've seen, or we've been, we've talked about and have been talking with others in the industry that 2018 was going to be the year of M&A. Um, does something like this this move by Constellation to double down on their bet with Canopy is that another form of, of possibly you know them getting ready for an overall takeover? You know, is this are we going to see companies that are not cannabis companies buying up some of the bigger players in the cannabis space? I mean, I, I'm, my mind is kind of boggling over this. Well, I think yeah, the Constellation then the news on Molson today. I think. You, you're going to see more and more of these guys get into this space. Well, they're going to invest, but are they going to outright buy? Uh, absolutely. Down the road, it's going to happen. And, you know, these guys are still going to operate under their same brands, whether it's Aurora or Canopy or whatever, you know. But, um, yeah, I can certainly see that happening. And, you know, wait till uh, Budweiser, Anheuser-Busch <laughs> makes that move in the U.S. in, you know, whatever, the next three to five years. It should be interesting. So, Phil, who is investing? Like, if you had to do like a, a snapshot of who you know the the typical investor is here, are they looking to invest in the alcohol spirits companies, or are they looking to invest in the cannabis companies? Uh, well, it depends. You know, uh, you get the a lot of retail investors that are looking to roll the dice, and will certainly uh, invest in 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 the uh, in in these companies. But you're, the institutions see the opportunity as well, and they're making bets on a lot of these uh, on a lot of these operators. You know, not only in Canada but here in the U.S. And so, uh, you know, from what used to be just mainly retail, I would say it's a lot more institutions these days that are that we're speaking with that are you know dipping their toe in the water. Are they actually putting well, in? I'm sorry, Ann, but are they actually putting are they actually putting um, LP money in, or are they only doing GP money? the difference well, what do you mean LP? so if you're a hedge fund um you're, so you're, you're talking about some guys own individual money versus putting the the, 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 the funds money yeah because the funds money usually is prescribed from being invested in something that's deemed federally illegal so how are they getting around that that prohibition um you well the 
these guys can still invest in the, in these companies. It's just a matter of you know these guys doing their due diligence first and seeing if it's a good opportunity for them. But um, before you know some of these hedge funds, they had to go through their investment councils, and it wasn't something that their fund was condoning. And now that attitude has changed. So you're seeing a lot of a lot of these funds that are showing up at these at these conferences from you know even last year we went to the what the Canaccord conference and it it was it was well attended but compared to what it was this year the one here in, in New York I went to the Iantis presentation and I opened up the door and Hadley didn't go on for another 5 minutes and you couldn't even walk in the room because everybody was backed up against the door there were that many people in the in the room it does seem like that there is that cannabis stocks are, are hitting a cultural like zeitgeist, that they're getting to a much higher level than they were. It's not just for the guys who play penny stocks, but it's 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 more broad. I mean, yeah. I can tell you, my son, who's 14 going on 15, he's following them. He's doing research on these companies, um, in, in part because he hears me talking about it, but he hears it being talked about elsewhere as well. I mean, is are we seeing an increased in just general attention from the the retail investor well the the retail investor has been the they were the ones that were mainly focusing on this sector but like i said it's you know a lot of these institutions are now talking about it it's becoming more mainstream vanguard have an arm now that's investing in cannabis stocks uh van well yeah vanguard has invested in this but you're looking at like look at Constellation. One of the, their top ten holders are who? J.P. Morgan Asset Management is in there. You know, I'm sure that Constellation had to go to those guys and say, "Hey, listen, we're buying a a uh, we're putting a big investment into Canopy Growth." You know, they're not just going to sit there and make this decision without going to J.P. Morgan first and asking for permission, right? So let's play stock pro- prognosticator for a minute. Um, over the last month and a half, two months, we've seen three pretty big. Uh, new companies list publicly up in Canada, right? You've seen MedMen, you've seen Green Thumb Industries or GTI, the, the Green Organic Dutchman went public recently, or T-God, which is like possibly the, 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 the best name ever. Um, and there are like 400 or more public cannabis companies out there. Um, are we starting to see more good companies list? Because there used to be, it was, it was the guys who really needed to be an OTC company versus companies that really should be public. And the companies that are coming out now seem much more well-formed. You see, well, like Tilray. Yeah. They're a, uh, a, a licensed cultivator and processor up in Canada, and they're going to be listing on the NASDAQ. So that was announced earlier this week. You have uh, the, the makers of Bang Chocolates, you know, the vapes and vape mm-hmm. cartridges, those guys, uh, they're, they're raising 10 million bucks t- so that they can uh, that's go a public. Small, that's a small raise. Yeah, but that's, you know, they're going later this year. This is just, a, this is a small brand that, mm-hmm. well, they're not really a small brand, but, you know, they're, a $10 million raise is, isn't really chump change, but when you're looking at the deals that are getting done in this cannabis space now, it's, uh, you know, it, it is on the smaller side, but still, that's... But the, but the bankers are better. The, yeah. the investors are better. So I mean, they're, they're, when you're yeah. looking at the Tilray deal, so Cowan and BMO Capital Markets are helping them with a proposed IPO. Um, you have Roth Capital acting as a lead manager, Northland Capital Markets helping with the IPO here in the U.S. So Those are good names. There's good names coming into the space. Guys that, you know, BMO, I'm shocked that, you know, that's, that's a good name up in Canada. And, uh, you know, it's... 
it's definitely good for the space. Absolutely. So what does October 17th mean for some of these companies? So October 17th, it was just announced that um, it will be officially federally legal from a Canadian standpoint. Um, you know, how, how does this is this, I would assume this is good for them, obviously, but, um, you know, I guess what's the tipping point here? Or is that just the great question that no one knows the answer to at this point? So what do you mean in terms of tipping point? Oh, so, so do, you, do you think there are the stocks going to take off when that happens or right. talking about? And because, yeah. And because Canada is a small country, I mean, it's huge land wise, but it's really small from a, from a people standpoint. So, you know, at what point is, Canada completely oversaturated and, you know, the market tips because it's really hot right now. The market's like a 20 potential, I think they said seven billion, seven billion. You're right. Seven billion dollar market. It's still a big market. Yes. It's not a, that's not chump. That's bigger than almost any state in the, the U.S. Except the illicit market in New York City, which is what, two billion? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's good. Look, when, when California went wreck at the beginning of the year, you saw a huge pop. Actually, you saw a huge run up in in the fall, in the late fall, and 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 then a pop, and then there was a fall off. Right. But over the last month or so, the cannabis stocks have been going crazy. They've been rocking and rolling. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And I can only think that this is going to help accelerate that. Uh, I can't see a I can't see a negative unless it's already been priced in, which I can't imagine that it has. Well, we're going to see. You know, I think all eyes are going to be on Canada to see how they handle this on uh, October seventeenth. You know, so it goes fully legal October seventeenth, and I. But I each but each province. But they're not going to have sales right yeah. out of the gate, right? So you're fi you're figuring six to eight weeks after it, the October seventeenth date is when. Full on sales will begin, and um, you know, I, individuals can grow up to. I believe it's four. Is it four plants? I think it's four plants, and can carry up to. I think it's thirty grams. Right? Yes, thirty grams. That's so, a lot. That's yes. That's a tremendous amount. So there's going to be a lot. Um, you know, the government is going to run all the stores, right? Mm -hmm. The government's going to be running all the stores. I think there's going to be 150 in Ontario. Right, well, and each province is going to have its own ability the, to, to Well, yeah, the, each to province regulate. is going to regulate their own stuff, right? And the, the pricing and the taxes, you're going to have to figure that in to, I, I believe it was either 8 to 10 bucks a gram is what they're going to be charging initially. But I think the bigger, I think, getting as, as opposed to getting into the, like that, <laughs> so I, I think the biggest thing here is that Canada is the first federally legal market in, in amongst the major Western democracies. Um, but other countries are struggling with, with this issue in ways that we are as well. In the UK, um, there's a young boy named Billy Caldwell who has childhood epilepsy. His mom was caught trying to, to bring in CBD oil to treat it. Um, the oil was taken from her. She petitioned the courts. She got it back. They have some like 20 or 22 day quantity to treat his epilepsy. You know, they, the UK could be could be next, right? Because it's that type of thing. It's this, the, this, the Charlotte's Web, um, Haley's Hope back door into to this issue that, I, you know, I think that's the biggest issue, that Canada is going to force other countries to address this in a much more meaningful way, whether it's Germany or France or, or the UK. So in terms of what, though, are you looking at this from a medicinal side or are we looking at this from a tax revenue standpoint or both? I think it's both. I think for the U.S., at least both, when people see from the border states, you know, see people 
you know, all of a sudden bringing in cannabis from Canada, um, you know, obviously illegally, but I mean, it's obviously going to happen. There's it's a really big border and we're not working on that wall yet. So <laughs> tell me how you really feel, Ann. <laughs> oh, Phil, oh. we don't have time for that. Well, let's 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 stay on Trump. So it occurs to me, it blows me away that Donald Trump has assumed the role of king of cannabis. That the Democrats, other than guys like Cory Booker, and there are others out there, but but that they have not been able to make um, make cannabis a central issue for them. That they have only been reacting to Trump and not actually been proactive. And this is probably the single issue that more Americans agree on than anything else. You know, you've got over 90% of Americans favoring uh, adult, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, medical cannabis. And uh, now in a recent poll, more than 70% of Americans favoring adult use. And the Democrats have not embraced this. Does that not trip you out, Anne? I guess it doesn't surprise me either. I mean, they're scared and they're, they, they tend to go, you know, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what the Democrats are thinking. If I knew what the Democrats are thinking, I would know why. Um, Donald Trump is our president, but um, I think that uh, they're scared to take a, a hard stance on an issue with a with a with a few you know examples like Cory Booker and Elizabeth Warren. Um, you know, I think that they maybe Kirsten Gillibrand, um, but certainly people like Andrew. You mean all the people who are running for president, right? But you know, uh, but it took it, it took uh, people like Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, uh, uh, Andrew Cuomo a really long time to get to get to the spot where they're like, okay, now I see that this is really what the constituents want, so I guess I need to be okay with it. So I think it's hard to come from a, a passionate viewpoint when you're so you know you were saying no your whole Diane Feinstein's another example. Um, you know she was. Paramount, paramount on the war on drugs, and she bought into that. And you know, it's only been really recently that she, you know, is is kind of saying, okay, I'm I, this is the will of the people, and I'm going to go with it. So um, I think it's not an issue that they've been um, super passionate about, and that just is reflective in the lack of advocacy from their point of view. And it's a ref- it's 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 reflective of how feckless they are. It's and and ineffective they are. It's so frustrating. You know it, the. Um, when John Boehner joined the board of Acreage in April, he got all this shit for being late to the game, and uh, I, I think it was it was short sighted in the fact that we need guys like Boehner to be out there carrying water for the industry, so it allows you know. I was going to say mainstream Republicans. I don't know how many mainstream Republicans <laughs> there are left exactly, but it allows them to to embrace the cannabis movement. I think the Republicans in general have done a better job. It's unbelievable. Like they 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 have made this an issue in a way that the Democrats never could. But the way and I'll take issue with the Boehner side of this is that he doesn't have anything to lose. He's not in power. So why did he wait until he was after, you know, after he was out of power years later? when he could make a buck. So I get the No, it wasn't for the money. I mean, look, I I spent time with him personally. I believe him when he said, I listened to my constituents. I looked at the polling and the polling has never been at this point before. And I listen and I believe in what the constituents say. And when they're saying that 96% of Americans want medical cannabis. And then he said, I met with patients. I met with patient advocates. I met with growers. I met. I went. I learned about the industry, and it, then I learned and said, "Okay, it's wrong." He changed his mind. That's great. 
right? At least he admits he changed his mind. That's an adult thing to do. I just wish more politicians could pivot the same way. Uh, yeah, elected politicians who are elected up for office. Who are in a place of power and in a place to actually do something about an issue. Oh, yeah, I agree. It drives me nuts. You know, and the deeper, uh, the more I learn about the industry, the more the social justice and advocacy side speak to me. You know, it, it becomes, and I'm, I am, I'm also new to this. Like I've, I've been doing PR in the industry for four or five years. That does not make me an historic market participant. So, you know, is it wrong for me to now care? Is it wrong for me to now want to participate? (laughs) (laughs) It's about the 80s, but you know. No, 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 no. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Did you just have to do math on how old you were? Yeah. Sucks. I was like, when was I in college? Oh, shit, she's right. So... So what are you looking forward to in, in the summer? What's going on? Uh, you know, Massachusetts is going to go adult use July 1st. Um, they're not, the state's not ready. <laughs> um, they just issued their first license, I think. So, you know, I think it's going to be a really interesting summer in the Northeast. Um, I agree. Thoughts? Um, I think Massachusetts is going to do exactly what California did, which was relatively a shit show um, at the outset. And it's still not right. Um, I think hopefully they will do as well as Nevada has done. You know, California, the licensure is still fucked up. So um, I hope they'll do better than that. But I have a feeling that Massachusetts is going to be a lot like California. Um, what I, I can tell you what I'm looking forward to is actually I want to see come September um, as we get into the congressional races, if anybody puts cannabis um, at any way at the forefront of their campaigns, because if it does, it will make national news and we're all going to know about it. That's what I want to see. I don't know. I think that could happen. I mean, it's an issue that's proven to be popular. So, you know, yeah. it's less risky. And they run, and, and politicians run to the votes. The questions is, do, is cannabis enough of an issue to swing an election? Ooh, that is a good question. <laughs> Lewis patting himself on the back. Yes, occasionally I say some smart things, mostly not so much, but that's okay. Thanks so much for joining us on our hostful episode today. We hope you enjoyed it. If you did, let us know by subscribing to the podcast and we would love a rating. Or feel free to reach out to us on Twitter or Instagram on the handle at KCSA underscore cannabis. Or feel free to drop us an email at greenrush at KCSA.com.